And it's wonderful to be here with you and with my precious brother, Alan. He's my older brother. And he and I talk all the time. No, that's my brother. (laughs) Anyway, it's a joy to be here. It's been a long time since I've been here. And I just want to, first of all, thank you so much for being a partner with me to feed especially children in the developing world. And so to all the ladies today, I brought you a present from Moms Against Hunger for helping me and and partnering with me. You know, recently the uh, Cyclone Winston that hit the islands of Fiji, over 300 little islands of Fiji, were hit with a major Category 5 hurricane. They call them cyclones in that part of the world. One of the strongest ever on record. And it absolutely devastated those islands. It took a direct hit. And so... You helped me, and we have shipped 250,000 meals there. It will be arriving the first week of June. And so there's going to be tons of people receive nutritional food that's going to sustain them while they try to rebuild their lives. There are many people there that everything was swept away that they owned, including their homes, their businesses, their cars. And I have seen pictures of them living in caves up in the mountains. These are modern and everyday people that had jobs and lives are totally destroyed. They've lost everything but their life. And so they need us to care about them and thank you for caring. I had a donor that donated to Moms Against Hunger nail polish. Lots of nail polish. And so all the ladies today, not just a mom, but all the women today, please take a gift back from Moms Against Hunger to tell you thank you so much for what you do to help join together to send aid. You know, recently, uh, in the last three weeks, Houston went through a series of devastating floods. Uh, it was just unbelievable rainfall. And so you and I fed 40,000-something meals and all kinds of practical aids that you need when you're trying to dig out from a massive mess in your house and uh, send clothing and linens and shoes and cleaning supplies and even some toys for kids to play with. And so you've been a partner with me, and I appreciate it so very much. And we're looking forward to the summer, and I don't know how God's going to direct us, but he knows He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen to this world and how he wants to use us to be a light. Amen, ladies? Amen. To be a light, to help, to not just say, well, be warmed and filled but to actually give them something to warm them and fill them. Amen? I believe in that, and I believe in you, and thank you for being a partner with me so very much. So happy Mother's Day to you. I want to speak a word today, and I just want to tell you what's going to happen before we ever get to the end of this service. I want to tell you that the women in in Generations Church, you're going to be encouraged today. You're going to be strengthened You're going to find there's a new depth and a new resolve in you to go forward. You're going to be healed. You're going to be changed. Your life is going to be filled with confidence and boldness to speak the word of God in your sphere of influence. And you're going to do something to change your world. Would you say amen? I receive it. Amen. Praise God. You know, women have always played a big role in history. Always. Sometimes we are revered and sometimes we are hated. To all the brothers in the house today, I say thank you for allowing the women of your house to be ministered to today. So I'm primarily speaking to them. 
although you will enjoy it. Please don't do any elbow gigging at this time. Men will often say, I just do not understand women to save my life. We know we're difficult. We know it. But thank you for loving us anyway. The devil hates us. He does not want us to procreate the earth. Men and women, he doesn't want us to. But nevertheless, women are the nurturers. We're the ones who gather a child and and put up with the child and, and sacrifice everything for the love of that child and do what we can to build that child, to raise them in to becoming a strong citizen of a, of a nation and also to serve the Lord as we believe. Amen? So he hates us. He doesn't like us. But God, who made us as the final crowning creation of his week of creation, we were the last creation to be made, had a special plan for women, a special plan. Now, the enemy tried to destroy that, didn't he? But God who loved us and redeemed us and gave us a hope and a promise, still today is caring for his Eve, the woman he created, his Eve. So I want to take us back just a little bit and give you a little bird's eye view of several women that I feel like really can impact us, even in our generation. Let me tell you about Hannah. Now, Hannah did not have children, But she wanted to have a baby so badly. She was desperate. And so she decided, I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm not going to just pray at church and then, you know, move on. Oh, well, God didn't answer my prayer. Oh, no. She was determined. She was steadfast. She said, I'm not quitting until. She prayed so long and so hard that the priest thought she was drunk. The Bible says that. And he came up to rebuke her. And she said, no, 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 you don't understand. I want a baby so bad. I'm going to stay in spiritual warfare until something breaks loose for me. And she did. And God gave her a promise. And she had a child, a man-child named Samuel. He was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament of all time. And still today, First and Second Samuel are a blessing to our lives. But once she prayed through that situation, then she took the next step and she gave her promise back to the Lord. She didn't keep that for herself. She gave him literally back to the house of God. And from a young age, he was raised in the temple. She didn't keep him for herself. She walked by faith, blind faith. But determined faith. She refused to quit. Wasn't going to stop until something changed. Let me tell you about Rebecca. Rebecca one day sees a manservant coming toward her. And says, take me to your house. Now she never met this man before. She didn't know anything about him. He goes to her house. He promptly says that. To her brother, I want to take Rebecca back with me to my master to become his wife. What? She didn't know him. He was a total stranger. You're going to take me away from my family? We're going to another country I've never been to, to marry a man I've never met. I don't know one thing about him. You want me to do that? And the servant said, yes, we actually need to be on the road now. And her family said, well, Rebecca, what do you think about this? And by faith, she had an unction in her heart that said, "Mm, this is God. 
And she stepped out and said, I'll go. I'll go. And they said, well, wait, wait. We need to throw you a bridal shower. We need to have some parties. We need to spend a little time here saying goodbye. And the servant said, time's passing. She said, let's go. Climbed on a camel and left. Now that was pretty bold. That was pretty courageous of her to do such a thing. Go to a place she'd never been to marry someone she didn't know. The last thing that was put on her life when she left was this statement. May you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands. And may your offspring possess the gates of those who hate him. The promise put on her life. We now live on this side and we see, yes, that did happen. But in her day, she didn't see any of that. She couldn't have dreamed possible. Maybe life was so miserable for her, she's like, I'll do anything to get out of here. And so she left. But whatever it took, she was ready and courageous and said, I'm going now. And left. She chose a good part. She chose to play a role of which she was totally oblivious to understanding what that was going to entail for her life. But she chose. And then let me tell you about a woman from Moab whose name was Ruth. Now everything bad that could happen, happened to her. Husband dies, father-in-law dies, brother-in-law dies. My God, what was going on there? Something terrible. Everybody was dying. And her mother-in-law said, you know what, I'm just going back to Israel. Now she was a Moabitess. Israel's was at war with Moab. She said, if you're going home, I'm going with you. Well, why do you want to do that? Stay with your own mama. I mean, I can't give you any more sons. You can't have kids by me. Why would you go back with me? Stay here. No, where you go, I'm going. Your God is going to be my God. How did she have the courage as a Moabitess to understand there was a living and a true God and she needed to find him? Above all things. She chose. She made a decision. She said, yes, I'm going. I'm going to a country where I'm going to be hated. There's going to be lots of racism there. There's going to be some major issues. I don't speak the language. I don't like the food. I don't know what I'm going to do there when I get there. But I'm going with you because I'm cleaving to you. Why? Because I really do love you. You see, when women really do love somebody, they do everything for them. They'll give up, they'll stay up all night, if need be, and day, and night, and day, and night. How many times you stayed up with a sick child? Forever. Because you really do love that child, or that mama, or that friend. You really do. So Ruth chose, she made a conscious choice to choice to leave behind her lifestyle, her family, her possessions, her everything, and go with her mother-in-law. Now, I'm not sure how many of us really love our mother-in-laws that much, but she did. She did. And then there was another woman in the New Testament. Her name was Mary Magdalene, and the Lord had cast seven devils out of her. And she had the courage one day to say, you know what, I really want to do something back for him. He was so good to me. I want to give him something back. What do I have? What can I do? 
you know, I've got that special bottle that I've been saving. It's my inheritance. It's my bank account. It's the one thing I've got to fall back on if something goes wrong. But you know what? I think I just want to give it to Jesus. I just want to give it to him. So she had the courage to go into a room filled with men, which had to be a little scary at that time, and go to the Lord and break open that bottle and pour that anointed, beautiful scent upon Jesus. Now, did they get upset at her? Yeah, they did. They started criticizing her right then. I can't believe you're letting that woman touch you. I can't believe she's in here. Why is she in this place? She had the courage to keep her eyes focused on Jesus and not the surrounding society going on, not the culture around her. Keep her eyes focused on Jesus. And Jesus said, leave her alone. She's doing a good work. She's anointing my body for burial. What? Now, she must have been a bit shocked to hear him say that. You're, you're, you're not going to die. I, I didn't come here to... Put a curse on it, you're going to die, Jesus. No, that wasn't the reason I gave it to you. Don't misunderstand me, Jesus. And the Lord just smiled. It's all right, Mary. It's all right. And in the end result of Mary's small blessing that she put on the Lord was, the end result of her sacrifice was, she was the very first one to see the resurrected Lord. She got to see the end. From her sacrifice in the beginning. The embarrassment that she went through didn't matter. On the day when she stood before the Lord. She didn't care what anybody said then. When she found out he was alive. She didn't bother to think. Well, What what, what the men might say right now. I better be have decorum. And I better be sweet. And, and talk right. And, and do it just perfect. Oh, she didn't care. Oh, no, let me tell you something. He's alive. You're wrong. He's dead. He died, yes, but he rose again and he's alive right now. And it don't matter what you think. I saw him. She was filled with a fire and a zeal and took up her role as the first evangelist immediately. Went running to tell everybody she knew. He's alive. I saw him. And then there's two other little women I want to tell you about. These two women were sisters, but very much different. Jesus came to have dinner, and one of them sat down at his feet and just like melted. She was transfixed by what he was saying. She she was so involved with the feeling she was getting, the, the hunger that she felt satisfied at last, the comfort that she felt, the The awareness that my Lord is here. And her sister was getting upset. I can't believe she's not in here helping me. What is it? What is she thinking by sitting down in there? Who does she think she is? Here we go again. I always do the work. And it brings brings me to my text today, which is Martha. Which is Luke ten forty one and says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered after she griped. You are worried and upset about many things. Go ahead. But Mary's listening. What? 
you're really going to tell my sister off? Finally, somebody's going to tell her straight. Go ahead, give me the next verse. But only one thing is needed, Jesus said to her. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Suddenly, Mary's thirst and hunger for the deeper things of God was validated. Someone stood up for her. She suddenly felt it was okay to spend time with Jesus. It was okay to do what he said do. She didn't have to measure his words against her sister's words. He gave her permission to be with him. She could be still in his presence. Martha, Martha. Be more like Mary. Choose a different portion. Make a choice that's going to benefit you eternally. Martha, Martha, look back in history with me and see how far we've come. And if we could speak to these women today, we would start with Hannah. Hannah, girl, you wouldn't believe all the stuff we got going on right now. We don't have to weave cloth no more. We don't even have to sew our own clothes. We just go to the mall. And we can save so much money, we can't afford not to go shopping. Girl, if you only knew. I don't have to raise wheat and corn and rice. I just go to the grocery store and buy it. Stand there in my nice air-conditioned store. Roll my shopping cart. Sit at my Starbucks. And pull stuff off the shelf. Or get somebody to pull it down if it's too high for me. I don't have to do much nothing. Hannah, you just wouldn't believe how wonderful life is now. My goodness, it's a, it's a marvelous thing to live in. I love 2016. It's wonderful. Oh, what? What'd you say? Well, let me just tell you what my daily routine is. You see, I got kids. Oh, and they know how to sing, and they know how to dance, and they know how to play instruments, and they're doing good at school. They're going to get scholarships. They're going to go all the way to the top of their class. Nothing going to stop them. But you know what? We're going to be gone for a while. And I don't think I have time to go to prayer meeting tonight. I just don't have time for that. I mean, i got my kids' schedule. got my husband's schedule. got my own schedule. And we just don't have time for that prayer meeting business. We'll just pray at home. It'll be hard. And I hear Rebecca calling. Rebecca, you wouldn't believe how much easier life is now. No more camel riding anymore. We got cars and women can drive. Some of them don't like our driving, but we can drive. We got motorbikes. We got boats. We got planes. We got trains. We can even run in a marathon if we want to, but we don't have to. 
We'll pay money to run in a marathon. We got transportation like you would not even believe. It's fantastic. The components that we call easy, it's nearly impossible for us to step out on faith and just follow God blindly. I mean, we need a, we need a list. We need an agenda. We need mission statement. We need goal setting. We need to have a board meeting. We've got to have a mentor. I, what do you mean just step out and go somewhere I've never been? Well, that'd be crazy. If you don't follow God, you can't get the prophetic blessing and the reward of reciprocation from God. It won't happen. Samuel wasn't born because she had every convenience. She, he was born from the desperation of a mother who said, I'm going to pray until something happens. She chose a role to play. Rebecca chose a role to play. And Ruth, you'd just be amazed at our ability just to turn our back on hard times and walk away. That's just too hard. I can't do that. You'd just be amazed at the way we can just climb ladders and step all over people as we're on our way to get somewhere and be somebody important. You'd just be shocked at how easy it is. Loyalty? What's that mean? You don't want to do it my way? See ya. Ruth, you'd just be amazed. We have a great ability. We can do marvelous things. We can change churches when our feelings get hurt. So easy. We can change banks if we don't like the way you treat us when we go to the bank. We'll get up and walk out of a restaurant if you don't give me ice water. Ruth, you'd be amazed at who we are now. Isn't it wonderful? And then Mary Magdalene. Girl, you got to see this. All you had was your own mouth. Let me tell you what we got today. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got Periscope. We got Pinterest. We got Internet shopping. We got Snapchat. We got, let's see, web. We can go to the web and, and talk to each other. We can Skype each other around the world. But I, I, I don't have time to go witnessing. I, I don't think that there's just time for soul winning in my life. I mean, that's not my calling. That's not who I'm good at. I can't talk to people. I'm not a preacher. I don't have the ability to get online and send emails out all over the world. I mean, it, that don't cost money. I know it don't cost money. But who's got time for that? Well, Mary Magdalene, I know he's alive. I know he is. I go to church. But you're asking me to, be, to evangelize people that don't know Jesus from my own house? I mean, come on, I got soap operas to watch. I got my favorite shows on right now. I can't do that. She must be shocked to know we have access to the entire world at our fingertips. We can type things with our thumbs and never open our mouth that can shake nations. 
We got the ability to speak and, and preach and, and share truth. I can't do that. I'm too busy talking about people. I, 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 I'm not an evangelist. I'm not called to do that. But Mary, who's still sitting at the feet of Jesus, aren't her legs getting tired? Makes us think we have to wonder, should I stay or should I go? Which one do I need to do? Well, Mary, often we are tempted to become Martha's. I know. It's easy to look at my little Bible app real quick, read that little verse and flip it off and go right over to Facebook. It's easy. Well, you know, I'm just keeping up with everybody. I am. But all these things, all these marvelous creations that we have today, all of these tremendous blessings that are ours, that we could really do something with if we chose to. We could really change things around for us. We could if we chose the good part. We have the ability to choose. We make choices every day. Have it your way at Burger King or walk out. We have it our way in closets packed full of clothes. We have it our way everywhere we go. I don't like that song. Turn that radio off. Change that. Pandora, thumbs down on that song. We have the great abilities, choices at our fingertips every day, all day long. Choices. Amazing choices. What would Mary say to us, sitting at the feet of Jesus? What is the good part that she chose? Was it just to sit there? Just be still? What was the part that she played? We're told one other story about Mary, and that was when her brother died. And that's another sermon. But her perspective had been deepened and broadened. Her faith in Jesus Christ had a depth to it that death, of which none of us unfortunately are going to get out of unless the Lord comes, couldn't shake. That death couldn't shake her. What would Mary say to us? What is the good part that she's, that the Lord blessed her and said, it won't be taken away from her? Wait a minute. I know what happens when fire comes to your house. Let's pray for Canada right now, who's under terrible, terrible firestorms happening there. I, I know how it feels to lose your house to floods and hurricanes and evictions and, I, I know how that feels when somebody kicks you out and, Changes the locks on the doors and you're out. That stuff can be taken away. How did Mary hold her peace when persecution began? How did Mary keep that still small voice alive in her when the shouting crowds were pouring out hatred against the new church? Where was Mary when it was all coming down to choosing Jesus or choosing death? Where was she? Still sitting at the feet of Jesus, having chosen the good part. And Jesus sealed her and said, 
it will not be taken away from her. Sealed. That no matter the shaking of the world, no matter the policy changes and the political upheavals and the, the economy shaking up and down and turning us upside down, no matter sickness, no matter diseases, no matter relational difficulties and deceptions and revelations that bring total rejections, no matter, there was a good part that was chosen that wouldn't be taken away from her. Hannah found it. Rebecca found it. Mary Magdalene found it. Ruth found it. What did we find? What did I find at the feet of Jesus? Oh, I love going to church. I love the marvelous things that happen in church. I mean, I could be a great singer one of these days. I'm going to have a worldwide ministry one of these days. You're going to see my name in lights. Somehow we've stepped on him trying to become somebody. And yet we are barren. And yet the great prophets aren't born. And yet we're still in Moab and things are dying around us. And yet we decided to stay at Papa's house and let the servant go on back alone. And yet, Jesus says, choose the good part. It won't be taken from you. The mother of Jesus turned to Jesus and said, they need a miracle, Lord. How did she know he could do miracles if she wasn't already sitting at his feet? How did she know you can do things to fix problems? Because the good part she had chosen could not, would not, impossible to be taken from her. And what is that sitting, that good part? It's the knowledge that he's walking with us. That he's as close as the breath we breathe. That when you take a step, he takes a step. That the shadow that follows you can be the presence of the Lord. That the ability that he gives you to talk to you and speak to your heart, that still sweet voice, and say, "Uh uh-uh, don't say that. Go here, speak to them. Tell them I love them. Pray for that one. Speak a word. That that wonderful presence of God can be so transfixing that you are healed your hour of need can be so lovely that you are washed from sin can be so rewarding that bitterness falls away can be so captivating that we truly love him that goes beyond a church service it goes beyond being a church member board member teacher, leader, singer. And we truly love him in such a way that no matter what gets taken from us, he can never be taken. And the relationship with him steadies us and causes us to be rock solid, unshakable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because of the good part
about what's chosen. Our God is healer. Our God is awesome. Our God is higher than any other. Awesome in power. You find those things not on the mountaintop of joy and victory. You learn those things in the deepening shadows of a valley of despair when the only one there is Jesus. You learn that about him. You uncover his character traits for yourself. Woman of God, Hannah, I speak to you today. Rebecca, I talk to you. Go with him. Follow Jesus. Don't be afraid. Lean on him. He's the present help in time of need. It's the place where Jesus talks with his own. It's the place where Jesus breathes with his own. It's when he enjoys and shares our private lives every day. That it's his shoulder is strong when we are weak and need to lean on him. That it's his comfort that comes to us in our hardships and we recognize his comfort and we're not so quick to get on the phone. Mama, I need you. But it's Jesus. It's who we turn to in the difficult moments of life. That he is the constant friend. In the deepest, most realist sense of the word friend. It's when you can share a private smile of something you went through together that others don't know about. But you and he know. It's that relationship that's with you in day and night, in highs and lows. It's that all-compassing presence of the Lord that keeps us in the good part. And it cannot be taken away. Hannah, who are you raising? Rebecca, where are you going? Ruth, who are you following? Who's the role model? Mary Magdalene sitting in this room. When will you amplify your voice? You can do it without even saying a word in this generation. You can reach nations without opening your mouth. It's time to activate who we are. God's creation. God's abilities. Are already in you. He already gave you. The strength and the knowledge. And the abilities. Can you help me? He already gave you the talents that you're needed. To use. He already gave you every tool. He's equipped you. So I don't have any talents. I don't have any goals. You don't need them. All you need is him. He's what you need. I came to a time in my life. Personally. When the Lord asked me to do a really really big thing. And I said. I don't have the ability to do that. He didn't give me that talent. He said, that's exactly why I want you to do it. Because you'll know it's me and not you. And I understood he was trying to take me to another level. One where I'm trusting him. Totally. I told him one time, God, you didn't make us to walk on water all the time. You didn't give us duck feet. 
You, you need to give us to land. He said, isn't it enough that I'm with you? That I'm holding you up that you can't drown? Isn't it enough? Why do you want to go back to your human control? You know, he always asks you the question you just can't answer. But to the women of this house who are called, who have been predestinated by God to do specific things in the world, do not lay it down. Do not get distracted. Do not get content. Do not walk away from who God destined you to be. You do not know the thousands of ten thousands that you are you are supposed to affect. I'm reminded of Queen Esther in closing, who said, "I I'm not strong enough to save this nation, my uncle Mordecai. I can't do that." And prophetic words were said to her, "Well, if you don't speak up." Stand up. God will raise up someone else to save his people. Oh, no, 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 Lord. I want the good part. I want to choose the good part. I want to be that Hannah. I want to be that Rebecca. I want to be that Ruth. Don't choose somebody else. I do, Lord. I do. And every woman in this room, would you say with me, I do. Choose me. I do choose you in this generation. Can I invite all the women in the house to just stand with me? All the girls and all the women. Stand with me. I want to pray over you. You don't have to have a talent. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm choosing the good part. I'm choosing you. Lord, I'm choosing the good part. I'm choosing you. The best way to connect you with Jesus, this is not about me, this is about you and Jesus, is to enter into worship. That's the best way. Because once you sing to him, he comes. He says he inhabits the praises of his people, yes? So we're going to sing a little song together. He's going to come to you. And when he does... Do not resist him. Do not resist him. Say yes. Are you ready? Sing with me. Lift your voice, ladies. Come on, sing to him. Stronger, God, you are higher than 
lies, that they will be unafraid to pray for people, to touch lives, to speak into them, Father, the word of life. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, say it, and greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other, our God is to urge the women maybe that have stepped back because of your past. Things that you've went through in your past, you think, well, I can't just step out. I just can't do that. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I've seen, what I've done. Let me just remind you, Mary Magdalene had how many demons when Jesus found her? And he cast them out and he made her the first evangelist. Who are you that you should say, God, you can't do this. You're not big enough to do this for me. 
Who are you to say, God, uh, not me, pass me over. My time's already passed. Who are you to say anything to separate yourself from that good part? Standing here today is somebody who said, I can't. You just don't know. I don't have to know. And you know what? Human reasoning will never goes anywhere. just leads in circles of despair. What we need is faith in Almighty God. He said, I'm the God of what? New beginnings. I'm the God of a second chance. His mercy is new every morning. He makes a way every day. He brings change every day. So maybe I'm just going to invite all the women so that nobody here will be shy. All the women who just step out from where you are, take a step of faith. And if you're that person who said, I just can't, I just can't, take a step of faith and step out. Come on, ladies. All the ladies, step forward. Just step forward from where you are as just an action that says, I'm going to obey you, God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a step forward. I'm going with you, Jesus. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to let you be God. It's not about me anyway. It's about him. It's not about what I can do. It's what he can do anyway. Amen. Praise God.